0: Now is the time to figure out exactly what is happening with production potential in South America and what it might mean for your plans for the year ahead. We're going straight to the source for that information this morning, then breaking it down with a pair of farmer brokers in this week's Farmer Forum.
1: Live from the foreboding ascent to the summit of hump day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is Talk. This morning, we begin with a conversation with Danielle Sequera from Ag Rural. Yeah. Then it's our Farmer Forum with panelists Ryan Wagner and Sherman Newland. Directly following the news, Margie Echocamp from The Scoop. I'm the handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, say hello to the host of AgriTalk, Chef Laurie. All right.
0: Thank you so much. Good morning, Davis, and good morning to you all. Glad Woo-hoo. that you're joining us here this morning. Yeah. We've got a heck of a show. Big day. This is going to be great fun. We've been trying to make some time on Danielle's schedule for a while, and uh, we've got it. We we've got Danielle uh, ready to come on board and have Ooh. a conversation about what is happening in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's it, there, there's yeah you know, we talked about it yesterday with Darren Fessler from uh, Lakefront Futures yep. on in the afternoon show. Yeah, he expressed some frustration over it's difficult to know what to believe when we talk about what is happening in Brazil. Well, we'll get Mm -hmm. to the bottom line of that with Danielle. That's terrific. Yes, I'm really looking forward to today's show, Mm -hmm. but I am also very much looking forward to tomorrow morning's show. Oh, really? Yes. Tell us about it. It is a project that we've been working on for a while, and it is – um, it's it's exciting. It, it, that's the bottom line. We have and are extending invitations to all the presidential candidates. And the first to take us up on the invitation to come on and have a free-flowing conversation about agriculture in a segment, okay, mm-hmm. ten, or, mm-hmm. 10 or 11 minutes. Uh, but the first to take us up on that offer is Florida governor and presidential candidate Ron DeSantis. Well, looky will, there. There you go. He will be joining us tomorrow morning, so stay tuned for that. Uh, uh, we all the all the candidates, by the way, are going to get the same questions. It's mm-hmm. not like we're picking and choosing uh, right. and cherry picking strong points or this or that. We've got a set of questions that we're going to stick with and yeah. and run through it. So, well, and these uh, folks
1: have a, an incredibly busy schedule. They're yeah. difficult to get a hold of. To even find that magic phone number, we are making every effort to get them all so that we can present them uh, to you.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic.
1: All right, let's get to the news. What do you got, buddy? Well, I'm going to start with the National Weather Service. There is a moderate risk of excessive rainfall over parts of Southern California on Wednesday and Thursday. Rain for most of California. Temperatures will be 15 to 25 degrees above average over parts of the northern central high plains and apparently no sign of the upslope snows today (laughs) not not much sign of snow anywhere
0: (laughs) as we're going into christmas uh maybe in the midwest uh when we're coming out of christmas there there might be some snow but even then it's expected
1: to be very light yep yep well fedex a bellwether for the health of the economy reported profits below analyst expectations as cost cuts weren't enough to make up for volume declines at the air freight unit amid a lingering cargo recession. Hmm. And, Chip, the Senate has completed its voting for the year, wrapping up most of its year-end tasks. (laughs) Senators Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, who lead their respective parties in the Senate, issued a joint statement in which they committed to acting on a supplemental bill addressing issues related to Ukraine, Israel, and immigration early in 2024. The can has been kicked, Chip.
0: Yeah, and you know what else you got to take care of be in early 2024 are all the appropriation bills that haven't mm-hmm. been passed. Mm-hmm. You got to get those done by by January 19th or we start to close down parts of the government. Yep.
1: Well, in early 2024, Brazil is reportedly planning to enhance its biodiesel blend in diesel fuel to mm-hmm. stop importing biodiesel. The country's CNPE Energy Council decided to increase the mandated biodiesel blend level to 14% in March, which will further rise to 15% in 2025. Chip, that's up from the current 12%. Uh, The the headline here is Brazil to stop importing biodiesel.
0: Right. And and to use more of what they are producing at home. That might sound familiar. Mm -hmm. We're going the same way here.
1: Well, and quickly here, Brazil has overtaken the U.S. in November to become uh, China's biggest corn supplier this year. Railroads and their shipping partners are urgently requesting the swift reopening of several bridges along the U.S.-Mexico border Mm -hmm. that have been recently closed by American immigration authorities. These closures were implemented as a response to a significant increase in illegal migration. Chip, uh, from what I'm seeing, they're they're building up on the uh, Mexico side of the border again.
0: Yeah, they absolutely are. We're dealing with an, an an open border, except for these these bridges where we are actually conducting yeah. commerce between right. the two countries. Yep. It's crazy.
1: Well, Chip, the U.S. population is experiencing a gradual recovery from the pandemic's impact, with a growth rate of zero point five percent reported this year, according to Census Bureau estimates released yesterday. The growth brings the total population in the U.S. to 334.9 million people, reflecting an increase of 1.6 million people over the past year. In a reversal from past decades, more college graduates and professionals are moving out of California than coming into it to escape the higher taxes and cost of living. It's cutting into tax revenues that are hurting state and local governments. And finally, Ukraine is facing a concerning situation where its frontline troops are aging and efforts to rebuild its military forces are being hampered by corruption and fear. Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Margie
0: Echolkamp, editor of The Scoop. Good morning, Margie.
2: Good morning, Chip.
0: All right. So what should farmers be talking with their ag retailers about at this time of the year?
2: You know, we are wrapping up 2023, right? And we're kind of sprinting into this in-between zone of holiday weeks next week and the end of the year. And just this week, we put out our last episode of the Scoop podcast for 2023. And really, the last two episodes have highlighted agronomy, uh, technical agronomy advisors from Winfield United, and they're sharing how really to think about what's coming next year look mm-hmm. back at what you experienced this past year sure. specifically for with weed pressures yeah. if you had significant weed pressure or a specific weed species that really threw you in a bind in 2023 have a plan for how you're going to handle that yeah. in 2024 additionally they shared some curveballs you know perhaps uh, the phrase that was used was zombie weeds of weeds that they thought they could kill but they came back to life or didn't quite die. And that's really due to these dry conditions that were pretty widespread that we experienced, which can affect herbicide efficacy. So make a plan for next year, review what you experienced last year, and think about some of those environmental challenges we faced so that we're smoothing that curve here in 2024.
0: Yeah, you know, and on top of that, make that plan. Because you got to plan for success, period, end of story. But yep. including that, mm-hmm. including that, what do you do if you get the escapes again? What do you do to recover?
2: Yes. And I think that's why these relationships that you're yep. building with folks who can help you pull things out of the back pocket when necessary yep. is so valuable.
0: Absolutely. Good stuff, Margie. Thank you. That is Margie Echo Camp, editor of The Scoop. Get more at thedailyscoop.com. We've got Danielle Sequera up next here on Agritalk.
1: The Scoop on Agritalk is brought to you by Taranis, moving the acre forward. Every acre tells a story. Find yours at acreforward.com. That's acreforward.com. Every acre tells a story. But to hear it, you need the right tools. Taranis Acre Forward Intelligence turns leaf-level data into actionable insights. Read your fields from the palm of your hand. Make decisions with more certainty and speed than ever before. And have a more informed discussion with your retailer to preserve your hard-earned farm legacy, season after season.
0: Every acre tells a story. Find yours at acreforward.com. That's acreforward.com.
1: Leave low yields in the dust and never look back. Rev up your return on investment with Syngenta. Our innovative portfolio of crop protection products outperforms and out yields any deal, giving you higher yield and profit potential at the finish line. Syngenta,
3: where better yield is the better deal. Always read and follow label instructions. Let's face it, nobody likes to compromise. When it comes to your soybean fields, you shouldn't have to choose between powerful weed control and keeping your crops safe from stress and injury. Thankfully, there's Tendovo, a broad-spectrum pre-emergence herbicide formulated to fight weeds without sacrificing crop safety, delivering a higher potential yield for your fields. Tendovo, raising the pre-emergence bar one clean row at a time. Always read and follow label directions. Please check with your local extension service to ensure registration status.
1: Advanced Acre Rx from Winfield United is the full season agronomic prescription program that's got farmers talking. Providing extra protection through a service warranty. Making yields more uniform over time. The Advanced Acre Rx program is turning risk into reward. To hear what farmers have to say, visit winfieldunited.com AARX. Agreement is required and conditions, restrictions, and service fees apply. Percentage goals for the APH crop yield range from 95 to 105% for corn and 95 to 100% for soybeans. Due to factors outside of Winfield United's control, results to be obtained cannot be predicted or guaranteed by Winfield United. Results may vary. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. And I started thinking, you know what, this isn't my story. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if if they can think it, they can do it.
4: That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
1: Agritalk is brought to you by Advanced Acre Rx from Winfield United, the comprehensive, customized program that's paying off at operations across America. Visit winfieldunited.com AARX. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Davis, let's go
0: south, shall we? Let's do. All right. Uh, to the state of Parna in southern Brazil where Daniel Sequeira, of ag rural is located danielle it's been a while but welcome back to agritalk it's great to talk with you again
5: thank you chip good morning and thank you for having me again it's been a couple of years and it's yeah. always a pleasure to be here
0: yeah well you know we wait for things to go bad down in brazil before we get you on the line and try to figure out just how bad things are danielle
5: yeah that's the big question right now even yeah. for us here Brazil, how bad are the things? Because uh, if we consider Mato Grosso, which is our top soybean producing state, uh, mid-December is like mid-August for Iowa, for example. So we have uh, crop problems, we have had uh, below normal rains and very high temperatures and the crop is failing in this state specifically. In others too, but this state is the Uh, biggest concern for us right now. So we already have lost about 5 million tons uh, from the initial estimates. And uh, the crop is a work in progress. And yes, we probably will see a crop failure this year in Brazil. We still don't know uh, how big will be the failure, but failure is in progress.
0: Right. And, and that's what makes it so difficult. Uh, you, Basically, we are looking at, at you uh, at, at the Pro Farmer Crop Tour time uh, for the development of that bean crop down there in, in Brazil. But, Daniel, where are these pictures of harvest activity coming from? Because they're sweeping social media like crazy right now. Where are those beans being harvested?
5: Yeah, those beans are being harvested in some parts of Mato Grosso because um, – This planting season and this initial season for soybeans have been so hot and so dry that in many areas, soybeans have uh, just given up uh, and they are ready for harvest after 70 or 75 days after emerging, which is too uh, little time. Uh, Even if we consider those varieties are very um, early varieties, uh, the normal uh, would be 90 or 95 days and they are getting ready uh, with, like I said, 70, 75 days. So uh, yields, of course, are terrible. Uh, but let me tell you that they are exceptions, not the rule. We have okay. uh, seen uh, those kind of uh, areas, uh, those kind of uh, um, early harvests, but it's not everywhere. Of course, when we take a look at uh, social media, it seems that it's happening everywhere but it's not yeah. but even so uh, the situation is pretty bad in Mato Grosso.
0: Okay. Yeah, and and just to add some context here so it it's important to re- remember that generalizing crop conditions even in the state of Mato Grosso is exceptionally difficult to do. It's about the size of 6 Iowa's. Okay? 6 Iowa's. Um, if you take the three i states, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, you've made up about half of the geographical area of Mato Grosso. So to hear that there are varying crop conditions within Mato Grosso should not be a surprise whatsoever. I'm sure that there are some areas that are probably growing some pretty good beans. Aren't there, Danielle?
5: Exactly. That's exactly what it is, Chip. Uh, Mato Grosso is a huge state. It's like a country within Brazil. Uh, and it produces uh, one quarter of our soybean uh, oh. production in Brazil. So it's really big. It's it's really uh, diverse. It's really uh, different depending on the region we, we look at. So, yes, we have some good areas and we have pretty bad areas. Uh, okay. So uh, it's really hard to tell the size of the crop failure right now. We have some good rains forecasted for the last few days of the the, the year. Uh, maybe uh, those rains will get too late for many areas in Mato Grosso. So we already have uh, losses that will not be um, compensated by any rain from now on. But uh, still in some areas, especially areas that were planted later than normal, because there are farmers that are still planting uh, these days, it's really, really uh, late in the season. But for those areas who, uh, that have been planted uh, later than normal, uh, these, these rains will probably uh, be very helpful.
0: Okay, Danielle. The last time that we talked, you mentioned it was a couple of years ago. Really tough growing season in Brazil. Can you can you make comparisons between what we are dealing with in 2023? versus 2021, or how does it compare?
5: It is different because the crop failure is happening in different parts of the country. Back in 2021, we had a crop failure in southern Brazil because we had uh, La Nina active uh, that time. So uh, we had very uh, dry conditions in southern Brazil. And this time, since we have an El Nino, Uh, It's the opposite. We have dry and hot conditions in north-central Brazil. And and that's uh, a little worse because in north-central Brazil, in central Brazil, we have Mato Grosso, which is a huge state. uh, uh, So that's the problem. But if we had to compare the situation we have today, maybe we should use the 15-16 crop season. When okay. we also had a El Niño and we had losses in Mato Grosso and we had losses in the northeast of the country, which is also dry, the only difference between Mato Grosso and the northeastern states is that these states in the northeast plant later, so they still have a chance. They are in a better shape than Mato Grosso, but even so, uh, it seems that we are um, yeah. maybe having a repetition what we of what we had in 2015-16 but okay. let's hope that rains that are forecasted for the end of the year will materialize
0: gotcha gotcha now down in your area Danielle it's been unbelievably wet the rains have been persistent is that still the situation
5: uh not anymore not really okay, uh good. here in my It's Paraná, which is the number two uh, producing state in Brazil. Actually, we have the best crop in the country right now. Uh, Of course, we still need good weather conditions until January, depending on the area in my state. But everything is good so far. And heading south to Rio Grande do Sul, uh, we had more problems there because it was really, really wet in October and in November They had a big delay, a big planting delay, but everything is fine now. It's raining less. They have good conditions, but we will know what kind of crop Rio Grande do Sul will have this year only in March, I think, because they were very, very late uh, in the season when they were planting.
0: Wow, got to wait a long time to figure it out down there. Okay, Uh, you mentioned that the, the the bean crop has lost about 5 million metric tons. Is that for the entire country or is that for Mato Grosso?
5: It's that for the entire country, but it's most in Mato Grosso. And as we progress from here on, uh, we'll probably have other cuts depending on what happens in the northeast of the country. So when we uh, get back to the office here in January After our summer break, yes, it's Mm -hmm. summer here, as you know. After our summer break, we'll probably cut a little uh, more our uh, our, um, uh, estimate, which is at 159 million tons right now.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. What does all this mean for the corn production down there, Danielle?
5: Yeah, that's another big problem because we have the second corn crop, uh, which will be planted in early 2024 uh, after the soybean harvest. And farmers were not uh, willing to expand the area uh, even a few months ago because corn prices here in Brazil were very low. And uh, they were already uh, thinking about cutting the acreage and now even more because uh, in Mato Grosso, uh, especially in Mato Grosso, they will have a problem with their planting window because they had planting delays with soybeans, and they will probably have harvest delays uh, because normally in January, Mato Grosso is very rainy. So uh, they will not be able to plant corn and they don't want to plant plant much corn because prices are not good and they will have uh, weather problems. So uh, right now we are expecting a 90% drop in Brazil's second corn crop area. Uh, If this uh, estimate confirms uh this will be the 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 largest cut uh how, on say that again Danielle
0: how how much of a percentage drop?
5: Ninety percent.
0: Nine zero percent in second yes. corn crop? Nine. 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 Okay. It's right. about wow. one
5: point five million hectares.
0: About one point five million hectares. Okay. There we go. There we go. That's what I needed. Danielle, you're very generous with your time. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Chupapiki. Thank you for having me.
0: You bet.
6: Join us in Houston for the 2024 Commodity Classic, New Frontiers in Agriculture where you'll find a trade show defined by progress and innovation and education that'll open your mind to endless possibilities. Plus, we'll close out the show on Saturday at the Houston Rodeo, the world's largest rodeo and livestock exhibition. Join us February 28th through March 2nd. Houston, we have no problem. Discover more at commodityclassic.com.
2: Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public...
1: Joining
0: us now, Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady-Beach. A lot of pressure in the grain markets here this morning. What's going on?
4: Yeah, uh, relatively quiet trade chip, but uh, definitely favoring the downside here at mid-morning. And and prices are just kind of leaking lower, being being led by the uh, wheat market. So, uh, you know, we've talked about it, but uh, there's some rain chances and snow uh, moving through the central U.S. over the next week or so here. And uh, um, that's putting pressure on both uh, HRW and SRW contracts. They'll get some needed moisture and and recharge some of that, uh, you know, Everybody knows about the drought situation. Uh, it has improved a little bit, but still lingering out there and, and an issue for the uh, the winter wheat crop. Um, you know, that pressure in wheat is weighing on corn, uh, which is relatively directionless, to be honest with you. And, and then soybeans, uh, mostly to the downside on pressure from soy meal.
0: Yeah, corn sure seems to be on a path of least resistance right now. And that may not be sharply lower, but it's just a slip into the downside, isn't it?
4: Yeah, kind of just trading barely above the contract lows in in that March contract. So we'll have to see, you know, there's potential for technical-based selling if we make a new low. That's right. That's
0: right. Okay, take us over to the livestock trade.
4: Well, relatively quiet there, uh, you know, we've got a kind of mixed trade in both live cattle and feeder cattle, uh, mixed meaning that uh, only the front end of the uh, live cattle market and, and only the far deferred contracts and feeders are trading to the upside, um, you know, just kind of waiting actually, uh, waiting on cash cattle trade to develop, waiting on Friday afternoon's cattle on feed report, and, and so uh, those things aren't likely to change anytime soon. Uh, hog market is just a little bit to the uh, downside here at mid-morning, but uh, relatively quiet quiet price action there as well
0: yeah waiting on an h&p report there thanks brian pro farmer editor brian grady hi i'm ag day host clinton griffiths and i invite you to join me each morning as we cover the nation's food system from fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between america runs on agriculture and here at ag day agriculture is what we do best Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience.
7: If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA.
3: There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov slash pact to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family.
5: Come to VA.
1: Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of farm dribble broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. Welcome back to Agritalk.
0: Man, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. Let's get this week's Farmer Forum going. Bring in Ryan Wagner up in South Dakota. How you doing, Ryan?
8: pretty good chip
0: thanks for having me. you bet glad you're here um i hear that you got the legs froze over up there already huh
8: yeah it's uh it's it's pretty well been froze over here for the last couple weeks but we've been having some real nice weather it's i don't think there's a whole lot of ice out there sometimes sometimes at this time of year we're looking at a foot or more of ice and and we're not quite there yet but there's enough to to hold some fishermen out there so some guys yeah. are getting out here and there i think from what i've seen i've not been out but yeah
0: yep, yep. yeah i've seen a few pictures <laughs> i'll
8: just leave it at that yeah i wonder from <laughs> i wonder from who yeah from who <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: ryan hold on we're going to get right back to you sherman newland is in southern illinois he joins us now hey sherman how's it going
6: no i'm uh, going well chip going well thanks for having Good. me on
0: Good. I would imagine the ponds are not frozen over down in your part of the woods.
6: <laughs> no, they're about dry. How about that? Yeah. We're, yeah. we're extremely, extremely dry down here. We have been all summer. We have been all fall. Uh, local weather guy said we're about 10 inches behind normal, so yeah. we're going to have a hard time catching up before next spring.
0: Exactly. You know, when when you look at the stream flows that are happening up here in northeast Iowa, uh, looking at the Cedar River in particular, I go over it quite often. It, it, there's a, a a bridge on the Cedar River there in Waverly Iowa I, I I try to go over it at least once a week just to to see what's going on there man there is not much water flowing down that river right now and it's a it's a good sized river for Iowa um it it's scary just how little water there is out there yeah.
8: how dry is it up your way Ryan Yeah we've had a pretty dry fall I mean we we had some snow rain ice kind of mix in the middle of October and then since then it's been it's been very nice weather you know near record highs some days and yeah. and haven't had much precip so so we are you know we had a, a fall that was sort of on the dry side but we we got some really nice rain towards the end of summer so we're we're in pretty good shape we're actually I think we have better subsoil uh, moisture going into next spring than we did last spring okay. we were awfully dry last year but uh, we're in pretty good shape right now here
0: yeah yeah,
8: well, we were
0: dry at the start of last year. We're drier now than what we were a year ago, mm-hmm. and and it's going to take a lot of moisture to fix it. How does your situation compare to a year ago, Sherman?
6: Uh, last spring, we weren't too bad. I mean, we've just continually gotten drier and drier. Um, you know, like I said, we had a dry summer. Our yields were just okay. They weren't great, but they weren't our worst yields by any stretch either. You know, but it, since then, I think we only got rained out maybe twice during harvest if that. Yeah. Um, you can go out in the fields now and do whatever you want. I mean, if you need to do something, yeah. we've been doing a lot of fence row cleaning and stuff like that. So uh, we are drier than we were this time last year for sure.
0: Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, this is kind of a unique farmer forum going uh, this week because Ryan is also a commodity broker for Bolt Marketing up there in Britain, South Dakota. Uh, Sherman Newland, a commodity broker at Risk Management Commodities, and Sherman, I'll start with you. What was your reaction, or what is your reaction to what we heard from Danielle? Just five million ton off the bean crops so far, but they, but but at Ag Rural, they've got a downside bias.
6: Correct. Yeah, and I've seen some numbers coming out a lot lower than that. We'll have to see um you know the market sure hasn't been reacting a whole lot to it you know here recently we've had a pretty good sell-off um and i'm worried that you know if we sell off a little bit more we're going to start breaking some support and maybe get down a little bit lower in that 1270 area you know and i really hate to see that but i I don't know we'll just have to see how this weather does go down there i mean there are going to be some really good areas i mean the flip side of it argentina is going to be a lot better this year than they were last year so net net do we end up losing a lot in total i it doesn't look to be that way um you know but demand is still there china's still buying a lot of beans um you know Brazil's still exporting quite a few beans um you know we've been having some good flash sales come through here and you know bean sales have been picking up so hopefully there's some 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 hope for this to go higher but it seems like the market is really really hinging on that brazil weather forecast you know i did listen to it and and and, and, you know nine percent drop in that saprina corn acreage you know that's kind of where i'm starting to lean where things could maybe start to get pick up and look a little bit more better for the corn crop or corn prices you know between now and spring for here
0: yep yeah if you're looking for for the market that that might feel the, the greatest impact it could ultimately be that corn trade there's i don't think there's any question about it what do you think about that ryan
8: yeah i kind of agree i mean we've got some better weather on tap here this week and, and in the near future for brazil it kind of should fix a lot of those dry areas um i you know i don't know if it's going to replenish subsoil but at least allow the crop to hold on for now and and i mean the other thing is we've got some awfully awfully high estimates right now so it's, it's no surprise that they would come down a little bit yeah. and i guess the question is just whether they're going to come down enough to give us uh, a sizable rally you know with with their increased acreage and you know talking 160 million metric tons or in that ballpark you know just comparing that to where we were at a couple of years ago i mean you've got another and and like sherman said you know with with argentina in better shape than they were last year, you've got anywhere from 20 to 30 million metric tons more of supply right. down there to, to deal with than we had just two years ago.
0: Yep. Ryan, you see, that is the, that's the issue right there that I keep coming back to is that even though Bra- Bra- let, let, let's say that Brazil is 150 million ton. Okay. It's not 150. Mm-hmm. Let's take it all the way down there the total supply coming out of South America is still going to be more than what it was a year ago. And that just feels like a hurdle that is going to be really tough to clear for this bean market. Doesn't it, Ryan?
8: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that's the reason we are basically $2 lower than we were at a year ago too. I just, yes, yes, that's right. The other day, you know, jam soybeans on the 30th of December, whatever the last trading day of the year was last year were, we're 15, 19 or something like that. So we're essentially $2 lower. And I guess that makes sense. I mean, considering we've got that many more, uh, that much more production coming out of South America this year, that that does make some sense. Plus I think there's also probably um, the market's considering an increase in soybean acres in the United States for next year as well. So that's probably actually plays into the the price a little bit as well here.
0: Yep, yep. Sherman, you know, some of the comments that I heard from Danielle uh, reminded me of comments that and and comments that I made during the pro farmer crop tour this August, this past August, Um, especially when she said that the damage is being done right now. You know, when uh, day two of the crop tour this last year through southeast uh, Nebraska. I made the comment Mm -hmm. that I felt like I was watching a bean crop die. And on that dry land crop in Nebraska, I think Mm -hmm. that turned out to be accurate. Uh, Right. Mm -hmm. The comparisons are kind of eerie, aren't they?
6: Yeah. I I mean, it is. When she said it's like mid-August down there, you know, and that's exactly when we went on a tour. And, you know, I saw those fields. I saw those (laughs) same hills and everything that you saw as well. And that's exactly right. So, I mean, even though they're going to maybe get some rain on some of those acres, you know, that are hurt, if it's, you know, like here, it's not going to help. You right. know, it may it may stop them from losing a whole lot more, but it's not going to add necessarily add bushels to those hurt acres. You know, and they need rain. what they're supposed to get like three or four inches of wheat down there. And they're not coming close to that right now.
0: Right. Right. You know, Ryan, uh, I can't help but think after what we've gone through in the U.S., in the past couple of years with some mm-hmm. stressful conditions in two different parts of the you know, two different parts of the corn belt, and we still come through with a good corn crop. We still come through with a good bean crop. Are we be have we become too hesitant to believe that a bean crop, even in Brazil, could be hurt by the conditions that they're dealing with?
8: Yeah, I, I keep coming back to that too. I think what we've maybe learned the last couple of years, it doesn't quite take as much moisture as we think it does or what these, what it used to, to, to grow these crops. I mean, just based on rainfall alone and looking at historical yields, we should have been below where, where we're at the last couple of years, yeah. you know, last two years for sure with, you know, up in our neck of the woods here this last year, we did have a nice finish the growing season and we, we added, we had some large soybean seed sizes and and i think corn benefits a lot from that finishing weather too so i mean maybe i'm i've got a little backyard itis when it comes to that but <laughs> um you, you would just think with how dry we were in the middle of summer in a lot of places in this country that the yield would have ended up a little bit lower than where we're at but yeah. but yeah i mean to how that relates to brazil i mean they're basically planting a lot of the same uh hybrids and and varieties and have the same seed technology down there as well so i I think you can kind of uh, look at it in that way and, and that they they could possibly out-yield out our expectations based on, on rainfall just like we did here.
0: Yep, yep. It almost feels like it takes multiple years now to do some damage. I mean, I look at west-central Iowa, not southwest Iowa, not northwest Iowa, but west-central Iowa. I look at that one crop district and you you look at back-to-back years of of dry conditions. And it caught up mm-hmm. to them. And if they go if they have a third year, I don't know what that crop's gonna look like, but I would doubt that it'd look as good as what it uh, what what it did even this year. So okay, uh, we're gonna continue the conversation, the farmer forum with Ryan Wagner from South Dakota, Sherman Newland from Illinois. How does all of this influence decision making for 2024 crop mix? That's where I wanna go next, right here on AgriTalk.
3: Hello? Man, where are you? I thought you were coming. I
6: can't. I'm in bed with the flu. The flu? Whoa, whoa,
3: whoa. Grandma's about to crowd Man, I'll call you back.
6: Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org.
2: Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad
5: Council.
1: This is Andrew McCray, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in our industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends for grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your
3: favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com. Don't you wish your life came with a warning app?
2: Stop. That dog does
5: not want to be petted.
3: (laughs) Just a little heads up before something bad happens.
5: Move your coffee cup away from your computer. Oh, no, 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 no.
3: So you can have more control.
5: Stop. You're texting your boss by mistake. (sighs)
3: Don't wait. You have the power to change the outcome. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes Awareness Partners.
0: Joel Spencer is VP of Customer and Product Innovation at United Animal Health. Joel, what are some of the things that you're working on right now that producers need to know about?
7: Uh, that's a good question. Now with, uh, you know, changing health situations in which we're dealing with, production pressures and new demands, going after these interactions of health issues and application of new technologies and management decisions on how to ease some of these health challenges are some of the big pressures which we're working on with customers today.
0: Yeah. So how do you figure out what to chase and, and then how do you work through it with the customers?
7: So if we can go and figure out what pathogens are contributing to, say, a clinical outcome that's challenging the system, that's where we gotta start. You know, and good diagnostics is the critical piece. And that comes through working closely with the health teams. It comes through working with diagnostic labs, uh, universities, but really getting those details of what pathogens are contributing. And you have to have some really good low level resolution in order to be able to find what is there, because usually there's three or four different things that are contributing and not just one.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, we've covered a lot, but what's the take home you want listeners to remember?
7: You know, there's bacterial challenges and pathogens, uh, viral, protozoa, you know, coxie infection is a a big issue in our industry right now. Fungal, environmental interactions, um, they're all contributing. You know, we got to dig into each one of those areas separately, um, but then also look at how they're contributing and building on top of one another to cause the outcome. And then also doing research that's controlled at times when it needs to be, but then also doing quality evaluations and research in the field on what the genetics, the health that the customers have.
0: All right. Yeah, Complex is right. Where do we go for more information?
7: Get a hold of me um, on the phone or on email, joel.spencer at unitedanh.com. My cell number will be posted on that email as we go through, and and, uh, we'll go from there.
0: Excellent. That's Joel Spencer, VP of Customer and Product Innovation at United Animal Health.
1: Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We work around it and we live around it every
3: day, and we just become desensitized to what's around us. We go through safety training, and you know, we try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen, but you just never know.
0: There are so many farmers that I think take for granted all of the underground utilities that are there.
3: You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. I mean, we kind of know what's out here, but all at the same time, you, you just always call. Farm
1: Safe 811 starts with you. Whether you're installing drain tile or doing any sort of digging, always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked and have the depth confirmed. That's farming with care. But if a line does get damaged, go somewhere safe and call 9-
3: Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just
4: stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org.
1: In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk.
0: We're in the middle of the Farmer Forum with Ryan Wagner from South Dakota, Sherman Newland from Illinois. Ryan, okay, put your farmer hat back on now, guys. When when we're in a situation sure. and we're dealing with so many unknowns and you've got to make decisions now for what you're going to be doing in 2024, how does all this influence and how do you bring it together to
8: make a decision, Ryan. Well, I mean, this time of year, when you're looking at crop plants for 2020 for the coming year, yeah. you know, you're always dealing with a lot of unknowns. You don't, you don't know your yield for one. You know, we do a lot of fall fertilizers, so I have a pretty good, pretty good estimate on our acres. I, I really yep. doubt we'll swing many acres this coming year. So, so, you got, you got that known. You got the unknown of yields, and then, and we also have a lot of costs locked in at this point with our good. feed and fertilizer costs being being done in the fall so so I guess what what I try to do is try to narrow down those unknowns as, as quickly as you can and and a lot of times you can get you know fertilizer and feed discounts by by prepaying so that is another reason to, to get those unknowns locked in ahead of time but yeah the big unknown is the yield and uh and you just you have no idea what you're going to get for next year you don't know what the weather is going to be but you just have to you have to zone in on something you got to put a guess out there use your crop insurance yield. use use whatever your best guess is going forward for next year based on your subsoil conditions and and what you think the weather is going to be like and whatever and uh and then come up with a come up with a gross profit per acre that you can make at at these prices and 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 using a few estimates and and if that's good enough start selling something if it's not good enough just wait i mean or or I mean, that's as so, simple as you can boil it down to. But that's kind of the way I do it.
0: Okay, so with all of that, which makes a lot of sense. But with all of that, what's what's the winner going into spring of '24? Is it is it soybeans generating that revenue? Is it spring wheat? Is it
8: corn? Uh, right now, corn's the winner mm-hmm. um, by by a, a decent margin, but not a, a huge margin over soybeans mm-hmm. with spring wheat in third and uh most of the reason for that is is we do have quite a bit lower fertilizer costs this year than we did the 2023 crop year um and corn and you know on our farm in our particular situation corn has a little advantage over soybeans because we fertilized our soybeans this year prior so like when when, because we know all of our corn acres are going to soybeans we're putting that fertilizer out there so we have some expensive fertilizer out there from from last year for this coming year's soybeans if that makes sense so yes so part of that's part of the reason corn has a little bit of an advantage but but uh, you know but also um just the 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 price relationship is is part of it too so we're looking at you know i'm looking at my spreadsheet right now uh about a 40 dollar per acre advantage corn over soybeans right now with wheat uh Gotcha. Quite a ways behind both. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Okay, Sherman. What about you? Yeah, and and I know that you've brought some some other crops into the mix over the the past few years. That I don't know so, if that complicates your decision making process or makes it simpler.
6: Well, it, it, it kind of helps if when you know, but they never tell you, you know, till probably January or after, you know, if we're going to be able to grow any green beans uh, under irrigation. So I, I won't know till then. Uh, but okay. typically this year we're going to be heavier on beans this coming year than we were last year, just p- from sheer crop rotation and something else. I, I didn't plant any wheat this year. I said th- I oh. said the heck with it. I mean I've planted wheat every year for last 15 years, and prices just aren't there um, for me. Uh, so we, we didn't plant any wheat, and I and I see that around the area we we do have less wheat acres out there um but uh I, I mean we're in that area where we grow some really good uh soybeans so yeah. you know i'm not worried about planting more soybeans this year than we did last year um you know because we can grow 75 80 85 bushel beans or higher you know under the right conditions if we can get in getting planted early um, but, you know, as far as fertilizer goes, I priced some yesterday. It was a little bit higher than I thought it was going to be. We did not put in any fall fertilizer. We've been waiting to put fertilizer on in the spring. We're far enough south, we can't put yep. ammonia on yep. either. Um, so we don't do that. But ammonia was, gosh, 800 um, bucks a ton. I mean, some of them are down to 760 To me, that's still high compared to what I priced earlier in the fall in the five to sixes. Um, so I think that can probably work its way down. Um, uh, that was, you know, over $700 a ton, which I thought again was on the high side. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so that does kind of come into the mix. Yes. It's cheaper than last year, but so is grain prices, you know, so corn prices, um, you know, but so all that comes into the mix when you're trying to work, but around here, most guys go 50, 50 on their crop rotations But um, you know, of course, seed corn's higher for a little bit cheaper, chemicals are going to be a little bit cheaper. Um, you know, interest rates are hopefully going to start working their way back lower, uh, for all that kind of stuff as well, you know, but, um, I am watching that March, you know, uh, 25, yep. price. I mean, you know, we can get a decent bid at the ethanol plant, uh, you know, uh, if we can get up there another dime, 12 cents, we can start clearing five bucks cash, if you can hold it to January at 25. Right. So I think that's something guys need to be aware of.
0: So. Right. Right. Okay. So real quick, a year ago, we planted 94.9 million acres of corn. Can we get it all the way down to 91 million acres, Sherman?
6: I think so. Yeah, I think so. I,
0: what I really about do. Ryan, uh, do you
8: think we can get that low? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, okay. this last year was a little higher than we thought. And I, I think if we're going to see 3 million come back into the soybeans, I think we'll take 3 million out of the corn. I think it's mm-hmm. just about that simple. So, yeah, I, I think we can get probably in that area.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So three million more on top of uh, on, on top of that soybeans. It, that that doesn't fix our supply problem, but it'll get us a, a little further down that road. You guys were great today, man. Oh man, good stuff, good analysis, good perspective on all of this. Thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate you, man.
8: All right. Yep. Thank you.
0: All right, and Sherman. Good stuff. We'll talk to you later.
6: All right, thanks, Jeff. See you. You
0: bet. That is Ryan Wagner up in South Dakota, Bolt Marketing. Sherman Newland in Illinois. He is a commodity broker at Risk Management Commodities. Okay, thank you so much for listening. I've got to be out of the office this afternoon. Davis is going to have a conversation with Brian Doherty from Total Farm Marketing. Tomorrow morning, Florida Governor and Presidential Candidate Ron DeSantis. We will also have a conversation with Mike Steenhook from the Soy Transportation Coalition. Have a great day, everybody. This is AgriTalk.
4: There I was, driving along, when I saw the corn laying down in the field, goosenecked again.
0: Even though I tried everything, new traits, existing soil insecticides, every corn grower knows the hassle of gooseneck corn. But now there's Nerisma Insecticide from BASF a better, stronger infero insecticide that controls corn rootworm and below-ground pests. Stand up for your corn with Nerisma Insecticide. Ask your authorized BASF retailer about Nerisma, and always read and follow label directions.
8: Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. That's why AARP created ThisIsPretirement.org. Because unless you've already retired, you're in retirement and you still have time to plan. Learn about retirement savings options, potential tax breaks, and how you can build savings over time. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan and feel the retirement fear disappear. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.